here this morning, and I know a lot of us uh, have been traveling around, and Don and I travel all the time, so when we're able to be home for a while, it's nice, and uh, just to uh, be with our fellow believers here in LaGrange, North Carolina, uh, one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, so I do appreciate the opportunity that a pastor gave me, and uh, just, uh, you know, Pastor Hightower was going to be here, but he's, he was going to be on the road. So uh, just bear with me, and, uh, and I want to share what the Lord laid on my heart, uh, thinking of this as Memorial Day. How many people here have uh, loved ones who died that, that were in the service? All right. All right. So we we appreciate you and the families too. As I had on our uh, announcements, the uh, uh, thanking those and thinking of the families that lost loved ones. But this I found uh, the U.S. Soldiers' Creed. It says, "I am an American soldier. I am a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept." defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined, physically and mentally tough, trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. I always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. I am an expert, and I am a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I am a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. I appreciate those who have been American soldier in whatever branch of the armed forces that you were in. Think of those things too in this soldier's creed. Some of these things which I will bring out about being a soldier. Am I a soldier of Christ? Those of you who have been in the service know how important it is for your training, many things that that take place. You have your training, you have your willingness to obey whatever orders were put out there, your response needed to be immediate. And then you had to go, not that you didn't fear inside, but that your training overcame the fear. And you went forward anyway and did those things. And many died doing that. Well, just ask yourself, am I a good soldier of Christ? Now what did Christ Jesus say? He's our Lord, our Master, the Groom, as the church is the Bride, and our Captain. He is our Commander-in-Chief, if you will but not only us, of the whole world and of His people, the church. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what did He say? If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 10, I'll have the verses up here too. I'd like for us to stand, if you would, stand. And we're going to recite selective verses of what the Lord Jesus said to His disciples. Matthew 10, starting with verse 16. Let's say it together. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. What in the world does that mean? 
17, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. What do you think the disciples were thinking when he was telling them that? Verse 21, Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 32, Therefore, Whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Verse 34, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Verse 38, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You can be seated. Would you die for him? I got these pictures up here courtesy of Jeremy Sams who was here. This is the pictures that he draws when he's doing evangelism. Of course, he's got the, the, the infant babe as Jesus came here to this earth, his incarnation. And in his hand, you can't quite see it, but in his hand is a nail, a spike. Because he knew when he came here, he was going to die. He knew he was going to die. And this is a picture of Christ while well, he was being scourged and before he even went to the cross. So, we see what Jesus said, what, did he, what He said, you know, if there was any one of the disciples who were standing there, and those who were not of the twelve, they were not really, they were just kind of interested. They were not dedicated. They were not willing to die for Christ. They were not willing to go wherever He said. They were not willing to get in any trouble you know, or have any troubles or any problems. They had seen Him heal people. So people were probably all around Him. If He was talking to the twelve and there was some standing on the outside, some probably left. They're saying, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, I, I, I like this thing about, you know, I can hang around and, you know, get a meal like we do here at, in the Baptist churches many times. If you hang around here long enough, you'll get something to eat. Which is good. The church did that at the beginning. They ate together all the time, you know, and shared with people that were in need. So that's not a bad thing. But if that's the reason why we come and we're getting ready to go out to battle, those that just came for the food or for the healing or, you know, didn't want to be sick, they're not going to go. They don't see, they're not, the Lord hasn't worked in their heart repentance and resolve and the things that that the Lord Jesus gives us. All these things I'm going to talk about today, when you're born again, and the Lord Jesus, His Spirit puts that in you. 
This is not something that I'm a valiant warrior and I, I'm going to exercise and I'm going to do these things like, you know, our, our military does. I mean, they, they do a lot of training and they, uh, they make themselves strong and they go out and there's a lot to be said about that. They're, they're true warriors. But a warrior of Christ, it comes from here by the Holy Spirit residing within us that gives us that courage that we wouldn't normally have had. I mean, I'm sure that these disciples weren't all big, valiant warriors like you see in uh, David's time. You know, these guys that would go and, and, and slaughter, you know, 2,000 Philistines or, you know, something like that. No, I'm sure they were, they were fishermen. And they were strong, yes, but, you know, they weren't somebody people would look at and fear when this big guy comes up to them, you know, strapling guy and think, I hope he doesn't kill me. No, they were everyday folks. Uh, and it just says Christ. It says Christ. There's nothing about Christ and His physical appearance that draw pe- that drew people to Him. It was His words. It was that He, of course, had the Spirit of God because He was God inside of Him that made Him uh, where people would draw were drawn to Him. So, would you die for Him? This is some of the things that you see that's true for life, some of the things in uh, Word of Life that we shared, and actually back at Christmas time. And uh, the reason we did is because of some things that had happened that we wanted to share these things with them. But these loved Christ more than life. Stephen, James, Jim Elliott, trying to bring it, bring it to more close to the day. The list of martyrs is already long. We don't think of it here in this country. We think, uh, well, we're untouched by the persecution like you see around the world. And unless you make it a point, which Donna and I have, to get emails, and and there's uh, persecution.com, and I know it's kind of ecumenical, persecution.com, but it does show you all the people that are being persecuted, not all of them, just people they're in contact with. Every week there's new people, there's, there's people that have died, and I'll share some of that with you. But first of all, let's look. The list is long. It started with Stephen as far as the church goes. Stephen, who was, who was uh, uh, just stoned and, and, and he died from that. His death was occasioned by, a faithful, by the faithful manner in which he preached the gospel to the betrayers and the murderers of Christ. To such a degree of madness were they excited that they cast him out of the city and stoned him to death. actually said they were gnashing their teeth at him because they were so upset by the words which the Holy Spirit had given him to say. But not only Stephen, but during that time, during this, they called it the persecution that arose about Stephen. This is from Fox's Book of Martyrs. Fox's Book of Martyrs. About 2,000 Christians suffered martyrdom during that time. And it started with Stephen. James the Great, the next martyr we meet, according to St. Luke in the history of the Apostles' Acts, was James the son of Zebedee, the brother, the elder brother of John. As James was led to the place of martyrdom, his accuser was brought to repent of his conduct about the Apostles' extraordinary courage and unshakenness and and fell down at his feet to request his pardon, professing himself a Christian and resolving that James should not receive the crown of martyrdom alone. Hence, they were both beheaded together. 
Philip. Names we're familiar with in the Scriptures. Those who were, were together. Philip was one of the evangelists. He was scourged in Upper Asia. Thrown into prison and afterwards he was crucified. Matthew, the one that wrote the Gospel of Matthew. The scene of his labors were in Parthia and Ethiopia, in which later country he suffered the, uh, martyrdom, being slain with a halberd, which is a, which is a pike fitted with an axe head. And that was in A.D. 60. I won't read all of them. I have all the disciples here, and of course, in, including John who was persecuted, but Peter. Peter was condemned to death and crucified, as some do write, at Rome. Jerome said that he was crucified, his head being down and his feet upward, because that's what he wanted. He said, I'm not worthy even to die like Christ. So they crucified him upside down. Paul, who wrote most of the epistles in in our New Testament, he was declared that under his execution, Nero sent two of his esquires, or like two guards, uh, and those two men, uh, he sent them to bring word to Paul of his death. You're about to be persecuted, you're about to die here, Paul. And they, coming to Paul, instructed the people, uh, the people desired him to pray for them. In other words, they said, Paul, would you pray for us? They were coming to tell him that he was going to die. But Paul said, you know, they asked Paul, they said, would you pray? Would you pray for us? Would you pray for us? Pray for us that we might believe, they said. Because they saw Paul's testimony. Paul told them shortly after, they should believe and be baptized at his sepulcher. <laughs> this done, the soldiers came and led him out of the city to, to the place of execution where he, after his prayers made, gave his neck to the sword. Bartholomew preached in several countries, and having translated the Gospel of Matthew into a language of India, he propagated it in that country. He was at length cruelly beaten and then crucified by the impatient idolaters. Thomas, called Didymus, the one we make fun of saying he was doubting Thomas, you know, we shouldn't be like him. I think I'd like to be like Thomas. I think I'd like to be like him. Because he repented right there and said, My Lord and my God. Yeah, he may have had a time of doubt, but we all have those times. We have a time of of weakness because our flesh is so weak. But Thomas called Didymus preached the gospel in Parthia and in in India where where exciting the rage of the pagan priests, he was martyred by being thrust through with a spear. And there in uh, Gyundi, uh, there in India, in a neighborhood right outside of the international of the airport, there, there is a uh, there is a statue to Thomas, to Saint Thomas, and there were a group of Christians that started a church that was started in that area because of Thomas who went there and who died there. Luke, the doctor, historian, and evangelist, was the author of the gospel, which goes under his name. He traveled with Paul through various countries and is supposed to have been hanged on an olive tree by an idolatrous, with the idolatrous priests of Greece. John. And we've heard about John. You may not have heard, but yes, he, he was also persecuted 
John, the beloved disciple that wrote the gospel and wrote the three epistles and also Revelation. He uh, planted the churches of Smyrna, Pergamos, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, and Thyatira. From Ephesus, he was ordered to be sent to Rome where it is affirmed that he was cast into a cauldron of boiling oil. Can you imagine that? Boiling oil, thrown into this cauldron of boiling oil. He escaped by a miracle without injury. God had something else for him to do, didn't he? So he protected him. Domitian afterwards banished him to the Isle of Patmos. Anybody can't kill you, so I'm a... I'm going to send you off somewhere. So he abandoned to the Isle of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation. He was the only apostle who escaped a violent death. All the other apostles escaped a violent death. Jesus said he would, right? Jesus said it would happen. And it did. And yet, notwithstanding all these continual persecutions and horrible punishments, the church daily increased, deeply rooted in the doctrine of the apostles and of men, and watered plenteously with the blood of the saints. And that's from Fox's Book of Martyrs. Now, more recently, in Nigeria, and this, is, this I just got off last week off my email, extremists killed 19 Christians, including two professors, as they worshipped on the grounds of Bayero University in Kino, Nigeria, on Sunday April 22nd. An additional 22 people were injured. Christians from two churches were meeting at the university when unidentified gunmen attacked them at about 9 a.m. The attackers hurled small homemade explosives into the crowd of worshipers and fired on those trying to escape. They then fled on motorbikes and in a car, according to eyewitnesses. This was just this past, past April 22nd. This happens all the time, folks. Happens all the time. Some other things that have happened. Here in India, Operation Renewed Hope went into India and had a a medical mission with Dr. J.D. Moses. They preached the gospel. Guy Altizer, who some of you know, were there. He's been with us here before. He preached the gospel plainly, telling them that there's only one God. When in India they have, you know, millions of gods. They have over 300,000, I think it is, different gods that they worship. But he said there's only one. And that upset some people. These folks, shortly after the team left from India, actually the hotel where we were staying was raided. And they were looking for any evidence. Of course, our folks had already gone. They were, they were here back to the States when this happened or on the way back. They were looking for any evidence against our brothers and sisters in Christ there in India. These people that you see here, Pastor Pradhubas, you have Pastor Sigar, all under persecution. These were arrested. They actually uh, made them think. uh, They actually were invited to come pray. Uh, They were actually praying for, for a family who asked them to come, who had come to the services. Uh, had come to the clinic where we had the medical mission. They came and heard the gospel and wanted them to come, and they were following up on this one family. Well, their neighbors asked them, would you come pray for us too? Well, that was a setup. 
This whole group of people, these two pastors and some others I'll show you, went to, after they had a talk with the brothers and sisters, the new brothers and sisters in Christ, went to this other home and started praying for them, and they were surrounded by over 300 Hindus. And they were there to kill them, or to arrest them. You have these two men, you had some of these ladies, and this 18-year-old guy here, Jonathan, uh, he was 18 years old at the time, be 19 now, was arrested. He was one of the last ones to leave the prison. We had to raise over $10,000 to let to get them out of prison. Because staying in a prison there in India is, is death if they're there for too long. So we helped get them out, and they're still awaiting their trial today. And, it, and the persecution is ongoing there. So ask yourself, am I a good soldier of the cross? Are you a good soldier? Am I a good soldier of the cross? You know, one thing that, that was, uh, we, we, we watched a video, I watched a video, and the guy was talking about what to do. They were showing video that had been released of, of these Christians being beaten to death. Maybe not beaten to death, but beaten and taken into prison. This particular video. And he said, what should we do? And he said, pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are persecuted all over the world, that they would stand strong and not deny Christ. Pray that they would not deny Christ because when they don't, de- don't deny Him and they stand the persecution, people get saved. This is, this, you, you may have seen these and you're wondering, why in the world have I started a motorcycle gang or something? But this, this bracelet says, One with them. We are one with those who are persecuted all over the world that are in prison. And the barbed wire is, reminds us of those who are in prison today because of their faith. And like the man said, that pastor said on there, I pray that these people would stand firm in their faith so that many others would come to Christ. Even like the two guards that came to Paul to arrest him and they asked Please pray for us that, that we'll believe too because they knew, they knew there was something different about Him. So we pray. This reminds me to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So am I a good soldier? Am I a good soldier? What is a good soldier? And so I just came up with four different things here. Number one, willing to be totally dedicated and, and obedient. Number two, willing to put others before yourself. In other words, when danger comes, you don't run. You help each other. And I'm talking about a good soldier of the cross we're talking about here. This is something that we need to know because we think we're okay and safe and kind of smug here in the United States and don't have to worry too much. It's not going to be long, folks. Is Jesus' time to come and take His bride tarries and tarries? And the reason He tarries, He wants to see people saved. He wants to see more to be saved. He wants the Gospel to go all throughout the world. You read the Scriptures, He talks about the reasons why. That He has not come back yet. But as He tarries, danger lurks right over the next hill. Right over the next hill. Right around the corner. 
Yes, yes, here in this United States. A place of safety for Christians for so long that we have become lax. And judgment starts in the house of the Lord. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. So, willing to train with your equipment. How many have your sword this morning? I know now we're electronic marbles and I'm guilty myself. I've got it printed here. But I can remember in school, you know, it was the sword drills. Draw swords, you know, and you would hold up your Bible and then you would, the reference was given you'd go and find it. You know, I think that should still be done today. I think it would be a good thing. Because, you know, I'm guilty the same. I'm guilty of having a Bible program and just doing a, search, a word search and come up with all kinds of things, you know. Or type in the reference, not even having to know where it is here anymore. Boy, do we need to know where it is here, you know. We don't always have computers we can fall back on. We won't always have that. But let's look at that. Number one, willing to be totally dedicated and obedient. To do whatever or go wherever. To do whatever or go wherever. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy was from Lystra, or Lystra if you want to pronounce it that way. He probably saw Paul being beaten to death, left for dead anyway. And we think that may be the time where Paul wrote about going up into the heavens, you know, and, and seeing those, those different levels of heaven. But Paul was stoned, and it seems like he was dead for a period of time, but God brought him back to life. And what did Paul do? Anybody know? What did Paul do when he uh, came back, when he came back to himself, and what did he do? He went back into town. <laughs> to the very place that people had just stoned him. And uh, finally they got him away from there because they were pretty upset. But, uh, you know, having not had fear, that fear is not the human flesh, folks. That's not in our flesh that we think we're valiant and we're, you know, strong men. No, that, that, comes, from, that comes from God. <laughs> that comes from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes us valiant. But Timothy probably saw Paul stoned and left for dead, and he was probably converted while there. Uh, he traveled with uh, Paul and Silas, and, and uh, he wasn't really, as you look in the history, he wasn't really a pastor like we think of it today. He was actually, in a, he was actually Paul trained him to do what he did. What did Paul do? He went and planted churches. This is what Timothy did, what Titus did. A lot of those, they were, they were, they traveled all the time. And it's very obvious in the scriptures that they were traveling all the time, planting churches, encouraging the churches along the way, encouraging some churches that Paul had planted and they would go back and teach a little bit in those churches, all those churches being in homes, and then they would go on. So Timothy was a very um, a strong man of faith that the Lord had given that in his heart when he was converted. So willing to be totally dedicated. Do whatever and wherever. Second Timothy 2, starting in verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. These entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Timothy was told, 
you need to teach others because you're not going to always be there. You're going to be gone somewhere else. So you need to teach people that are going to be that are be staying there in the city. To you need the faithful men that will continue the work. So teach them so they can teach others also. Verse three: Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Remember, <laughs> Timothy saw him stoned and left for dead. Okay. So he's telling him, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of this of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Are you enlisted? Are you even enlisted? What does enlistment mean? It means God has brought you to that place of repentance and trust in our commander, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In His shed blood, is He, is he being the, the first fruits? Not only that, He's the first to die in the church. It would be Christ our Savior. He died. He shed His blood. Being perfect, He could shed His blood on all men. His shed blood covers all sin. The only one that could do such a thing. Because only God could have made it a way, a way possible Himself. Only He could have made a way possible. The rest of us have sinful flesh. Jesus, our Savior, did not. And no wonder man didn't like it, didn't like Him. And He died on the cross for us. But no soldier in active service entangles himself. Boy, do we get entangled. Do we not get entangled with all the things of this life? We let so many things weigh us down. One of the first things Don and I did when I knew we needed to needed to be made liked, you know. We'll travel. Uh, working with Operation Renewed Hope, we'll travel. We'll be ready. You know, we had a house. I had a house in Fayetteville at one time. That would been, had already been emptied out. We had a, a house there in Simpsonville after I met Donna. That had to be, you know, things would be sent to family, you know, special things and other things sold. I only had so much room and a little less than 300,000, or 300 square, 300, 300 square feet. <laughs> you know, when you live in 300 square feet. But God called us to do that. So, of course, it is hard, some hard things. But, you know, part of the things of being entangled, and still we can get entangled with the, the things of this life. You know, you think, you look back on a week, you say, I've been, I've been so busy, and, and what was I busy doing? You know, you ever thought to sit down, and I, I encourage myself, okay, and you write down the things you were busy with that week. Well, it took up all your time. Just write it down. Just take a week, one day, and just sit there and write it down. Keep a diary of what kept your time. You've heard Pastor Jeremy say this, that the thing that's at the top is the thing that you're truly worshiping. That's a hard thing to think about. What did you spend the most time doing? So Paul says to Timothy, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Do we want to please our commander? Do we want to do that? Do you have a desire to please the Lord? We need to make sure of what we're doing. Number two, willing to put others before yourself. Let's look at Matthew chapter 20. If you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 20. Verse 
starting in verse 25, Matthew 20, 25. But Jesus called them to Himself and said, You know, and this is the disciples, and they had been arguing, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? And they were mad at James and John for they because their their mom, if you looked at the other gospels, their mom had said, you know, they wanted who's going to sit and who's going to sit there beside you on the throne, you know? Can 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 my boys do there? Can my boys be there? And Jesus said, are they willing to die or bear the cross I'm going to bear? So anyway, the disciples were upset because these two guys were be you know saying they wanted to be the greatest, and our flesh so wicked. That's wicked. That's wickedness. Even the disciples. And Jesus said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. He said the Gentiles do that. The pagans do that. They have this guy that's up ahead, and everybody's got to bow to him, and then you've got all your levels of authority. Verse 26, Yet it shall not be so among you, it shall not be so among you. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You see in that, in that soldier's creed, one of the things it said, I will never leave a fallen comrade. We need to care for each other, church. We need to care for each other. Reach out to each other. Help each other. This is the way the bride of Christ is supposed to act. Why? Is because a lot of folks... You know, Jesus isn't here right now in His physical body here displaying Himself on this earth. But we are. And we are His body. We are His hands, His feet. We are His attitude. We are His compassion. It's through us that people see Christ and us together we can show Christ I can't show Christ by myself I don't I don't have every angle and everything I mean Jesus Christ man he's God I can't show him myself but together with all of our different gifts that the Lord has given us we can show Christ here in LaGrange North Carolina Christ is here in this body so we're not to lord over each other, but to help each other, to serve each other. Jesus said, you're not to lord over each other. It's not to be among you. The pagans do that. Look at John, if you would. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, starting in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And see, in those times, you just didn't see that. You just did not see that much. Not even amongst the uh, Judaism but you especially didn't see it in the pagan countries and in Rome. What conquered Rome? The church was there, and the people of Rome, they would leave 
the poor out in the street, the sick. If somebody got sick, well, that's your problem. And they'd leave them out in the street to die. People were left in squalor there. People didn't care for each other. They didn't even know what that meant. But the church was planted there. Actually, it was transplanted. I believe it was from Ephesus, they said, and Paul called actually a cosmopolitan group together. He, he called some from here, some from here, some from this town, and he said, I want you to go to Rome. And they started a church there in Rome. And guess what? They loved each other. And it was unheard of. Man, these folks love each other. They help each other out. I, I, I kind of like that. And that people would be drawn to Christ because they would have compassion, not only for each other, but they would reach out to the poor and the needy outside of their congregation. They helped each other and they helped those in need around them. That's the reason they made collections and all. They made collections to help the poor and to help the needy around them. And also to help those apostles plant churches. That's what they collected money for. So people looked at that and they said, wow, this is something different. And they said, I want to check that out. And some people were saved because of that. The way it should be here. The way it should be here in LaGrange, North Carolina. John 15, verses 12 and 13 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. We should love each other to that point. So if we have a brother or sister that is in trouble, that we would die for them. That we would help them to the point of not worrying about our own lives. So, Putting others before yourself. This is the soldier of the cross. Number three, willing to train with your equipment. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, knowing, knowing the Scriptures. Knowing the Scriptures. One thing when God saved me that Donna and I started doing, even before we ever met face to face, and it's because the Lord had worked in my heart and I thought, man, I want to read the Scriptures and I, I want to get into it. I'd, I had been to Bob Jones University and all these things, but things, things, I had a thick skull and heart, heart, hard heart, I think. There's not much of it got to there, but the Lord saved me and I just wanted to read the Scriptures and, and dive myself into it. And since then, we've, you know, Donna and I, when we first met, I thought, I'm reading through the Bible every year. I would call her at one night. I'd call you at 7 in the morning before I went to work, and we would read the Scriptures. I love reading them out loud. I think there's something about preaching or saying the Word of God out loud. I love doing that. And so she would take a chapter, I would take a chapter, and we've done that ever since. You know, just reading the Scriptures every day. And there's something about that that helps you to learn the whole of Scripture when you read through the whole thing. And I don't mind doing little individual studies, but I think still the whole reading the whole of Scripture is so important. But knowing your equipment, knowing it, and using it to share with others. Ephesians chapter 6, if you want to turn there. Ephesians 6, 11 through 18, it says... Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You need to have, you need to be equipped. Soldiers, you know, you soldiers out there, you need to be equipped when you're going into battle. You need to be equipped. Even our, even our uh, policemen, 
they are equipped. They have on, they have on armor to help to keep them from being shot and, and killed. Soldiers are fully equipped with arsenal and with, with uh, communications devices, with the proper equipment, the proper clothing. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's the difference between a, a, the armies of this nation and the armies of the Lord. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Greater things than flesh, principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. He almost, it's like Paul was saying, there's going to be an evil day. <laughs> yes, Yes, so you need to be equipped and ready for the evil day. Having your uh, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, knowing the gospel, having your own testimony, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. Number four. Being willing to die. So not only being totally dedicated and obedient to the Lord's command, but willing to put others before yourself. Willing to train with your equipment, but also willing to die. That's a tough one. I showed you the martyrs, and the martyrs are many. If you ever have a chance to read Fox's Book of Martyrs, and it's, a, it's, not an ex, you know, it's a hard read, okay? I'll just tell you. It's a hard read. It's a hard read for, you know, because some of the English is a little different. But not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about martyr after martyr after martyr. Die for their faith. And some you read about that didn't stand strong in the faith and ran and denied Christ. But most there are talking about those who stood firm and were crucified or were slain or were burned at the stake. Terrible, terrible Ways to die, but what did they think about? They think about they thought about their Savior, who died for them, who was perfect. Yeah, he died for them. Second Timothy chapter three verses twelve to fourteen says, "And indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse. Where are we in that right now? I think we're kind of... Depends on what country we're in, really. But I think here in this country, we're going over to the worse now. From bad to worse. Deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. So Timothy, again, is being encouraged by Paul to stand strong in the faith no matter what persecution comes his way. And Timothy, he was thrown in prison too. There was a time he was in prison. And also 2 Timothy, if you're there, verse 
chapter 2, verse 12 says, chapter 2, verse 12, If we endure, we shall reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. 2 Timothy 2.12 Some hard things to think about. We think about our soldiers who have died for freedom here in this country. We think about the martyrs who have died for the faith. And because of that, the faith continues on. The church is thriving. The church continued to spread. Aren't you glad they did that? As I've heard it said before, and our pastor has said it, aren't you glad the apostles didn't stay in the upper room? Why were they up there? They were scared. They were fearful. And Jesus said, you know, I'm just going to give them a little energy here. After He was risen from the dead, Jesus appeared to them in as many as 500 at one time, encouraging them. Why? Why did He do that? To prove who He was. To give them encouragement. To increase their faith. Because He loved us. Because we have the Gospel here because of what those men did. Spreading the Gospel all around the world. So if we endure, if we do, if we endure, we shall also reign with Him. Where is that? When is that talking about? During the millennium, you know Jesus is going to be coming here and reigning for a thousand years. And, he's, and He says we'll be reigning with Him. His bride, His church, will be reigning with Him here on this earth. Some really interesting things. And when you see, when you look at the things going on in the world today, and I get reports from Jerusalem constantly, and uh, on email, just, just telling all the things that are going on right now, just, you know, we need to lift up our heads, you know. Redemption could be very close, a lot closer than what we think. Our time of redemption. But, do I think that we're going to go through a time of persecution? Yes, Jesus said we would. I think we will. There'll be some times of trouble for us. Some times of trouble. I can wake this thing up. So, what if? What if? What if through these doors right now marched some soldiers, marched some soldiers with machine guns and they said, this is an illegal meeting. You deny Christ right now or you leave immediately or you will be dead. What do you think? Is it closer than we think? I think it is. I think it is. You know, that's, this is actually something that, uh, there's a story about that where two soldiers, two Russian soldiers came into a meeting there in communist Russia, burst through the room having the machine guns and some trembled with fear and they said, deny Christ immediately or you leave immediately or you'll be killed. Some trembled with fear and denied Christ and ran out. The rest sat resolute would not deny Christ. And they sat right there. The soldiers then lowered their weapons and said, we are believers. But first we wanted to get rid of any spies, informers, or false converts. 